Welcome to Vitalita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging and healthy living during this busy time in your life. In this show, we'll approach health from a whole person perspective and we'll discuss a variety of health topics from nutrition and exercise to managing stress and emotions to sleep, cognitive health, and beyond. We'll also discuss strategies for preventing or managing chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and obesity, just to name a few. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to subscribe or follow this show so you don't miss an episode. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast with friends or family who might benefit from it. So let's revisit the topic of healthy eating when dining out. To refresh your memory from last episode, there are basically four major things to keep in mind when dining out. So the four major things to keep in mind are watching your portion sizes, especially of things like red meat, starchy foods, and desserts. The second main thing to keep in mind is watching out for beverages. There's a lot of hidden sugar and calories in beverages, both in non-alcoholic drinks and alcoholic drinks. So beverages is the second thing to really keep in mind when dining out. And we talked about those two in part one. So if you haven't heard that yet, go you know take a listen to that. I think that would be helpful. So the third and fourth things to keep in mind. The third thing to keep in mind is nutritional balance uh, because it's very easy to have an unbalanced meal nutritionally when you go out to eat. So we're going to really dive into that today. And then the last thing to keep in mind when you're going out to eat is your hunger level. You know, you want to avoid arriving very hungry to the restaurant because that'll make it much more likely you're going to make poor choices at dinner. So that's the fourth thing we're going to keep in mind, and I'm going to talk about that today as well. Let's dive into the concept of balance, keeping your balance when you go out to eat. And I don't mean doing tree pose while you're sipping your smoothie, although that's another type of balance. Something that I often notice when I go out to eat is the lack of balance in a typical restaurant meal. You know, you're ordering an entree in a restaurant, and more often than not, unfortunately, it's an oversized portion of meat, some combination of either fried potatoes or a starch, like white rice or white bread or pasta. If vegetables are included at all, they're kind of an afterthought. Sometimes you don't even get a vegetable on the plate. All you get is a garnish. And also a good source of healthy fats, things like nuts or olive oil, fish or avocado, healthy fats like that are often not present in an entree. So let's start from the beginning. What is a balanced meal? And how can you dine out in a balanced way, even when the restaurant hasn't put much thought into it? Nutritional balance means getting a balance of different food groups and a variety of healthy foods with each meal with the aim of meeting your nutrient needs. 
So balance and variety, that's what you want to keep in mind. It doesn't mean you're going to be eating in a perfect way. That's not realistic. And in a sense, it's not even healthy to think that way. That mindset is just too black and white and too restrictive. However, I do think it's a smart idea to give some thought to the overall nutritional balance of your meal right at the beginning. In other words, when you sit down and you have your menu in your hand and you're mulling over what you're going to order for your meal, this is the best time to plan out and decide what foods you're going to have in your meal that'll meet your needs. When you first arrive, you're fresh and you haven't had anything to drink yet. This is the time when you're the most clear-headed to make good decisions about what you're going to eat that night. There's nothing wrong with having a drink with your dinner, as we discussed a bit last time, but alcohol does lower your resolve, so after you've started drinking is not the best time to make nutrition decisions about your meal for the night. So my advice is plan out your meal at the start of the evening, and then you won't have to give it another thought. And then you can really put the menu down and really focus on conversation, connection, and really enjoying the food. So let's get down to it. For a balanced meal, the goal is to get a variety of different types of food, protein, vegetables or fruit, whole grains, and healthy fats in the right proportions. Ideally, you would get all of those elements over the course of your meal. And when you're dining out, you might be ordering more than one course. So you can see how that can get a bit tricky and warrant some thoughtful consideration. We talked about portion sizes quite a bit in part one, portions of meat and carbs or starches. So I'm not really going to go into that again here. Instead, I'm going to let you know what are good sources of each type of food and also why each type of food, why each food group is important for good health. So let's talk about vegetables, and I'm intentionally bringing them up first because ideally they should make up about 50% of your meal. However, many times they form the smallest part of the meal and are sometimes even absent. So that's something we need to work on. And in this category, we're also including fruit. And when I say fruit, I'm talking about whole fruit, not juice. So vegetables and fruit are great because they're packed with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and fiber. And they're also fairly low in calories. So when you're dining out, if you can increase the amount of veggies you're getting while also decreasing the supersized meat and starches, that will go a long way towards supporting your health and maintaining your weight. However, again, we're not looking for perfection. Let's be honest. Some restaurants' vegetable offerings are much more appealing than others. So it will depend a bit on where you are. Use your judgment accordingly. A good basic rule of thumb is to aim for getting at least two servings of colorful veggies with your meal. And since variety is important, I suggest that you try to get a serving of two or three different vegetables that will help cover your nutrient needs. So what are some good options for veggies? Well, one major category that is very helpful are the cruciferous veggies. Things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, and also leafy greens 
lettuce, chard, spinach, kale, collard greens. Also all kinds of mushrooms, peppers, summer squash, root vegetables like beets, carrots, parsnips, celery root, tomatoes, asparagus, green beans, eggplant. These are just a few examples. We're not focusing so much on the starchy veggies here, like potatoes. We're going to talk about those in a bit when we discuss grains and starches. So how about fruit? So fruit is an option as well. So things like berries, cherries, citrus, all kinds of oranges, tangerines, all kinds of citrus, pears and apples, peaches, apricots, plums, tropical fruit like mango, papaya, bananas, grapes. And again, you want to get fruit as a food, not as a juice. It's a good idea to include a variety of different colors and different textures in your meal with veggies and fruit. Because veggies or fruit of different colors and textures will also tend to have different nutrients and by mixing and matching them, you'll more likely meet your needs. Now, let's talk about protein. Our bodies definitely need protein to flourish. It's essential for us to get in our diet because the amino acids that make up protein. Our bodies take in these amino acids, absorb them, and then utilize them to create proteins and molecules in our own bodies that are needed for us to thrive. These body proteins that are created serve various roles throughout the body. And getting protein with our meal also helps with blood sugar balance. It helps prevent our blood sugar from spiking, so it's also really important for that reason. Good sources of protein. So whole food sources of protein are best. And for animal-based foods, Good sources of protein are lean or extra lean meat, poultry, fish, seafood, eggs. And for these kinds of foods, a reasonable portion size for a meal is about the size of the palm of your hand. And for eggs, I would say about two eggs would be a good portion size. So what are some good plant-based sources of protein? Legumes, which are beans, lentils, peas, or peanuts other kinds of nuts and seeds, peanut butter and other nut and seed butters like tahini, which is ground up sesame seeds. Also foods like edamame, tofu, and tempeh are good plant-based sources of protein as well. What about dairy? Dairy can be a good source of protein from milk or cheese, but be careful with this because dairy can also be high in saturated fat. So you don't want to try to meet all of your protein needs from dairy or cheese, but having some in moderation would be fine. So now let's segue into healthy fats. In general, a moderate amount of fats are part of a healthy diet. That advice is in alignment with the Mediterranean diet, which has a lot of evidence backing it up as a healthy eating pattern for the general public and also as a healthy diet for heart health, diabetes, and weight management. Fats serve a variety of roles in your body. They're a source of energy or fuel for your body. They're an important part of the structure and function of your cells. They're also important for cognition. 
And they also allow your body to absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, which are vitamins A, D, E, and K. So what are some good sources of healthy fats? Fish and seafood. And this is because of the omega-3 fats that are in cold water, fatty fish, and seafood, especially wild-caught. So things like wild Alaskan salmon, sardines, mackerel, herring, tuna. Also things like mussels and oysters are a great source of omega-3 fats. And these fats are great for the brain and cognition, and they're also anti-inflammatory. And some other good sources of healthy fats come from plant foods. So all kinds of nuts, seeds like flaxseed, chia seed, also sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds, peanut butter, other nut and seed butters, avocado, olives, olive oil, canola oil, which is non-GMO. All of those are good sources of healthy fats in plants. And this is a check to see if you were listening, because if you were listening carefully, you probably noticed that some of these foods overlap with the foods on the protein list. And that's awesome, because whenever a food can do double duty, when it serves as a good source of both protein and fat, that's one less thing for you to think about when you're planning your meal. And it's also great for weight management. Because you're getting both of those nutrient needs satisfied with one food rather than two foods, so your calorie intake will automatically be less as a result. This is one of the reasons why nuts and some types of fish are such healthy choices. It's because they're multitaskers. They're giving you a good dose of both protein and healthy fats. So they're clicking two boxes at once. And actually, nuts do triple duty because they're also a good source of fiber. So let's talk about whole grains and starchy veggies. For dining out, I would say that grains and starches, that category, is actually somewhat optional when you're dining out. Even though whole grains are important in a well-rounded diet overall, it's not essential to get them at every single meal. And I'm assuming here that you're not going out to eat for every single meal. So there's some flexibility here. For example, you could substitute another vegetable in place of a grain or starch when you're eating out. That being said, whole grains are enjoyable to eat, and they're a good source of fiber, B vitamins, and minerals. Starchy veggies like potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, peas, and winter squash also contain fiber and a variety of vitamins and minerals. So you don't need to eat them at every meal, but you don't want to avoid them entirely either. You just want to watch your portion sizes. So a reasonable portion size for whole grains and starches. You can think of this in two ways. So you can think of it as having, for your whole grain and starch part of the meal, about a quarter of a normal size dinner plate would be a normal portion size, a reasonable portion size for the whole grain or starch in your meal. And for things like rice, noodles, pasta, potatoes, if you want to think about it from a volume standpoint, about one cup cooked or roughly the size of your fist, that would be a good rule of thumb for portion size for these foods. For starchy veggies, 
You can also opt for those that are cooked in a healthy way. That's always a good idea. So baked, roasted, or steamed, rather than deep fried or breaded most of the time. Some good options for whole grains are quinoa, brown rice, black rice, red rice, wild rice. There's such a wide variety of interesting and different types of rice out there that are whole grain. Also, oats are obviously whole grain. And how about grains that are a little more processed but still fairly healthy? This would be things like sprouted bread, whole wheat bread, whole wheat pasta, and noodles in restaurants. Some varieties of noodles actually contain whole grains like brown rice, so that might be something you might want to check with at the restaurant. Most of the time, noodles are not going to be whole grain, but sometimes they will have a combination of whole grains in them. And good options for starchy veggies are potatoes, sweet potatoes, corn, peas, all kinds of winter squash, you know, butternut squash, acorn squash, kabocha, red curry squash, delicata, pumpkin. There's so many varieties. And winter squash in particular gets a thumbs up because they're high in antioxidants and lower on the glycemic index than potatoes. So it's a better choice for blood sugar control. And I wanted to say a quick word about sauces and dressings. So those are great for enhancing the flavor of foods. But obviously you don't want to go overboard with thick, creamy sauces or dressings that are probably loaded with saturated fat and extra calories, and possibly even added sugar. So just be mindful about that. If there's extra sauce beyond what you need for your fish or your meat, don't sop it up with a bunch of white bread. Just leave the extra on your plate. Also, especially for dressings, you could easily ask for it to be served on the side. That way you can decide how much you're going to have on your salad. And regarding extra butter or olive oil, a pat or two of butter or a tablespoon of olive oil would be reasonable. Just don't go crazy with the oil or butter because they are foods that are rich in fats, so the calories add up fast. And now, as I promised earlier, I want to talk a bit about hunger level when dining out. You always hear the advice, don't go grocery shopping when you're feeling hungry. And it's the same idea when you're going out to a restaurant. If you arrive at the restaurant and you haven't eaten in several hours, you're going to feel like a ravenous coyote. In that state, you're not likely to make good choices. Also, you might not even be clear-headed because your neurons are low on fuel. So you want to avoid that situation. Planning ahead is a good idea. First of all, don't skip meals. You might be tempted to skip lunch because you want to save those calories for later so that you can eat more at dinner. And from a logical standpoint, that seems to make sense. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. When you skip meals, your body will tend to slow down your metabolism in response. And in this scenario, you'll also be so famished when you get to the restaurant that you'll want to order everything on the menu. So don't do it. Skipping meals does not give you a free pass to overindulge, and it tends to be a really self-defeating strategy. Okay, now tip number two for hunger. If you know you're going out for a late dinner at 8 p.m., 
plan on having a healthy snack two hours before, maybe around 6 p.m. Or if you're going out for a late lunch or brunch at 2 o'clock, have a snack around noon. Here are some examples of healthy snacks that you could have. A handful of nuts or sunflower seeds and some fruit. Some celery or carrot sticks with some hummus or tahini. Apple slices with some peanut butter. A quarter of an avocado smashed on a small slice of whole grain bread. An ounce of cheese, which is about the size of a finger. And five or six Kalamata olives. An ounce of cheese with maybe five or six Triscuits or other whole grain cracker. So those are just a few examples. The idea is to eat a satisfying but sensible snack that will tide you over until you go out to eat. And timing it around two hours before makes sense because then when you get to the restaurant, you'll be starting to feel a little bit hungry, but not in an overwhelming way. This approach allows you to get ahead of your hunger so it doesn't control you. The problems occur when your hunger just gets too intense. Then it's much harder to make good choices because you just won't have the discipline or willpower. You know, you're only human and we all have a finite level of willpower. So don't make it hard on yourself. Be proactive to get ahead of your hunger. That's the show for today. I'm Lisa Henderson, wishing you a delicious and safe week ahead. I hope you learned something new from this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. As a reminder, you can visit my website, vitalitahealth.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A, health.com, to listen directly to my podcast episodes, to read my blog on nutrition and health, and to learn more about me. In addition, I started a Facebook page for this podcast as a way to engage with my listeners and provide you with updates. So I encourage you to check that out and follow this page. Also, feel free to contact me directly at vitalitahealth at gmail.com. I hope you have an amazing week. See you right back here next week. This podcast discusses wellness strategies for health in an informational and educational manner only, with information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. This podcast is not intended to replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury. You should consult a physician or other trusted healthcare professional before adopting any of the suggestions in this podcast. Neither myself, Lisa Henderson, or Vita Lita Health accept any liability for any loss, damage, illness, or injury.